It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day and tuning in. This is episode number four of the matchup back for season two. And I got to tell you, we're on a little bit of a heater here. Um, Last couple weeks, last week, I was sweating it out. I mean, I was, I actually saw my name late on a Saturday in the number one spot in the big game. $200,000 $200,000 next to it, but we kind of slipped down. Made a little money, though. It was it was a good week. Streelman kind of hurt me, but uh, that's okay. It was The picks were good. Uh, the uh, audience is growing, so we appreciate you being here. This week, a little bit different. Zurich Classic. Uh, it's a team game, and the first time DraftKings has put together a contest where we can play. So we have a lot to think about here. Got our models. We've got our thoughts, and I've got just the man to help me here. Uh, you know him on Twitter, at TorPix. Joe Idoni, thank you for joining me here, man. How you doing? Good, good. What up, Travis? Um, good to talk to you. Pleasure to be on the show. Interesting week, as you kind of alluded to this week with DraftKings. So, uh, But I'm actually, I'm excited for it. So it, it gives yeah. us sort of a new wrinkle, a little break from, um, you know, you kind of get in that mundane mid-season feeling. So it gives us a little break here, something fresh to to think about and put the mind to. So um, I know you're, I was following along with your sweat last weekend as yeah. well. That, that had to be a fun ride on Sunday. Yeah, it was fun. Either way. Was, yeah, it was fun. That was probably the best I've done um, in the big game um, mm-hmm. to get that late, you know, up there in the top 10 and then, you know, slip down a little bit. But um, it was it was a good week. And I've been looking at the pricing and these teams since they've come out and they came out a little bit later. Even DraftKings is probably putting in the extra hours here. <laughs> Uh, right now with this, because there's a lot to think about. This is a team game. As I mentioned, they're going to play Thursday and Saturday. It's a best ball. And then Friday uh, and Sunday, it's going to be alternate shot. So uh, when considering that, there's 80 teams, 160 players. I mean, you name them. They're just about there. I mean, a lot of the big names, of course, are not there. But this is a big field. Uh, The cut, we're looking at 35 in ties uh, for the cut. And they're playing TPC... Louisiana, which is another Pete Dye golf course, fourth year here in the team competition, but they had a regular tournament stroke play event before that. So we know a little bit about the course. Uh, We don't get much in the way of stats as far as a team competition. So in many ways, there's a lot of different things in the way that you can play that. What kind of team is going to do well? Have you landed on anything yet as we as we get to, to break this down? I've tried. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I've got I've got a couple of ideas in head, you know, okay. it's still early in the week. But yeah, there's definitely, I think, some strategies out there that are in play. Obviously, you mentioned, I think it's our fourth time in seven yep. weeks at a Pete Dye course. And we've got two more coming up with mm-hmm. Kiowa and Traveler. So we're, we're fully in Pete Dye season here. You know, one of the while it's not always been here, one of the oldest running tournaments uh, on tour goes back to the 1930s, I believe. Um, So this this event is kind of been a standard in and they've had three years now of switching over to this team format. So we've got a little bit of a basis and a little bit of uh, some statistical stuff to go on. But but that said, you know, anytime you introduce a format like this, there's going to be a lot of wrinkles in play, a little bit of luck involved. And for me, it's, it's not so much a stat week and I'm more this way anyways, Travis, but I'm more of just an instinct and a gut player and Mm -hmm. kind of looking at names and and more of a feel better and DraftKings player. So uh, this kind of aligns nicely for me. I'm excited for it. Well, we got the perfect guest on here then this week. And, you know, you look at the the champions here, uh, 2019, 
because we didn't have it last year due to COVID. Uh, Rom and Palmer won it, of course. 18 was Horschel and Piercy. 17 uh, was Smith and Blix. And in stroke play, Brian Stewart won the tournament in 16. Justin Rose in 15. Horschel won it back in 13. Duffner, Watson, uh, soon you'll know was on there in 14. So there's there's a lot of names here. Some are in the field. And, um, you know, obviously like the course from the stroke play standpoint. And then some just play good together like a Rom and Palmer. And we've seen yeah. other names pop up there that do fairly well in team competition, like a Charlie Hoffman and others that we'll get to. I'm looking at this course when I look at, and I've played TBC Louisiana um, as I had down in Harbortown. I, I really think for me, the model that I used last week, and I like to put a, a model together, something to look at. It's not like the end of all, sure, but I do think like a stroke scan approach, stroke scan putting to me was so high last week where I kind of, you know, look, I'll, I'll take some, inaccuracies off the tee will sacrifice length mm. sacrifice them around the green i think this week same approach putting elevate maybe a little driving distance but i don't think short game's going to come in too much into play and best ball if you miss the green your partner's probably going to be on the green or at least he better be if he's not that's not going to happen very often and then alternate shot you're going to have a handful of situations so i do think louisiana it lends itself to a little more distance off the tee, 7,400 yards, mm -hmm. a little bit longer than Harbortown. A um, lot of water, a lot of sand, as Pete Dye likes. He'll give you some things to think about. But scoring should be pretty good. So we're going to get right into it here. Okay. And um, there's 11,000. That's where we're going to start here this week. And we're going to go through each range. going to kind of touch every player that we can, give you some thoughts. And then at the end, we'll give you our head-to-head, -head, the key teams that we're looking at. Uh, and probably will play off of some degree um, with our lineups here. So in the 11,000s, no surprise, Shoffley and Cantley um, will be the favorite 11,700. Rahm and Palmer, maybe a little slap in the face there at 11,500, just under those two. Morikawa and Wolf, the youngsters, 11,300. And then Cam Smith playing great golf there with Mark Leishman at 11,000. 100 what jumps out to you at uh, out of the gate here with these top four teams well you know i think that three of them are really viable i'm a little bit would be a little bit most pause for concern on the morikawa wolf team just mm -hmm. because i don't i feel like um with those other teams you have all both players pretty much coming in playing equally well and in pretty good form and wolf just hasn't found it off the tee particularly in an alternate shot format like this where i know that they are alternating you know one player is going to tee off all the even holes one player is going to tee off all the odd holes so uh morikawa is going to be scrambling i have a feeling on a lot of those holes unless he's figured <laughs> something out but he's so so talented um and just you know they haven't played in a team event before this is their both of their first times at this course i really kind of like you know going all the way down to cam smith and leishman um, mm -hmm. you have a former champ and one who's in great form and mark leishman played really well at the masters we don't have a lot of strokes gain stats to go off of but it just seemed like he was making pars look easy out there particularly on tough stretches of the course like four through six I can remember definitively watching him and he was like one of the only guys throughout the week to play that even par. His scrambling seemed to be there. Um, they played in the team event together back in the QBE shootout uh, mm -hmm. in the fall. I believe that was in top 10 there. So I like them, of course, Rom, Rom and Palmer, obviously, uh, you know, go together pretty well here. So those are kind of the two that I've honed in on so far. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. I think Cameron Smith, I said last week, I think he's playing the best golf of his career right now. He had a tough Saturday um, 
bounced back. Uh, I think he's a good, it's a, it's a good um, team with Leishman. They obviously have a lot of experience mm-hmm. as you, as you uh, alluded to uh, fifth at the masters uh, for Leishman. I think the key really for that team is probably going to be off the, off the tee. Can they do enough yes. off the tee? They can get a little erratic, both of them uh, off of the tee, but iron game putting, they kind of check both those boxes. I tell you, I'm, I'm this Morikawa putter thing, man, it pops up. And when it pops up and struggles, it's tough to watch. I mean, it almost looks a bit yippish at times. The the, the struggles with the driver with Wolf, I agree. Uh, and the putter with Morikawa, I, I think I'm going to pass on them. And, you know, I think Shoffland Cantley, you know, Cantley's, you know, he's going to get it back, but he's clearly struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Rumor has it. I don't know. Someone told me this on my podcast two weeks ago that he had a breakup with a girl. It's had a little bit of an impact on him. I don't know. I don't I'm not spreading rumors, but that was something that was told. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good resource here. And I'll tell you what, man, he's playing like it. His game yeah. has went downhill. Perhaps he's had some things to think about. I don't know, but he has missed his last three cuts. Shoffley showed, um, you know, some form there at the masters, but I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I hate to, to do the chalk here, but in this group, I think Rom and Palmer, for me are the guys. So we'll go head to head here. I'll give you, um, I'll give you John Rom and, and, uh, and Ryan Palmer here at 11,500. I think Rom's now starting to settle in. The engines are starting to fire up here. Putter warming up, right? We saw a little, we saw a little uh, spark there on Sunday at Augusta. And uh, I think he keeps that going. They're a good compliment, the team. And and, uh, I'll give you them. Who do you got? I'll go team Aussie. Okay. Uh, I'll go Cam Smith and Leishman. Obviously, both Cam Smith played well last week. Didn't finish great, but had that great round in there. Just has the ability to really go low. And both these guys, I feel like, make their fair share of birdies. Both coming off top tens at the Masters. Uh, seem to seem to like playing with each other. And, and maybe, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at that this week. Like, what guys are excited to play together and have been yeah. looking forward to this event in a way? Like, hey, me, you, I can't wait till we play the team event here in a couple of weeks versus maybe some other guys. It's just kind of, you know, they're, they're just not as much into it as guys mm-hmm. that are excited to play with one another. So I'll go ahead in my 11K pick there and, and take the Australians, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. Yeah, it's there's there's two theories in my head, and I'm convincing myself of both of them, and we've seen them both play out. Certainly, one is like, do you take two players that are very similar in skill set and play the same game? You know, maybe they mm-hmm. both kind of struggle. They, they both hit at similar distances off the tee iron game. They kind of play the same types of shots. You know that kind of thing. You know, do you do that, or do you try to play complementary golf where you have a really good ball striker and a really good putter? You know, and, and, you know, I think when Piercy and Horschel won, you know, Piercy was great ball striker and Horschel was making everything. So it was like yeah. that complimentary golf. And then we've seen, um, you know, players where I think like maybe Smith and Leishman kind of play a similar type of game. Would agree. And even, yeah. And even like a Rom Palmer, perhaps like, you know, mm-hmm. Rom's a better driver, but they can both putt, you know, they can both get the ball in the hole and, and there's some similarities though. So which way are you, which way are you landing here before we get to the tens? Is there one or the other that you find yourself gravitating towards or is it something different? You know, I think I'm looking for players that kind of complement each other's games, particularly when we, when we get to like an alt shot format on Mm. Friday and Sunday, 
Um, you know, Ron, Ron and Palmer per, seem to be perfect this last year. I think they shot 65 in the alternate shot Friday last year, which that's ultimately won them the event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the round where they really separated themselves from the rest of the pack and, and they got the win that way. So, yeah, there's other teams like when we get down to like, you know, right below this, you have Finau and Champ and guys who, who seemingly um, are great off the tee and are going to pound it down there. But they they both struggle at time to time with their wedges. So I'm yeah. looking for um, in, a, in a broader sort of macro perspective, I'm looking for guys that kind of can complement each other's games. And one guy on the team has got to be able to to make enough putts to win this thing because you're going to need a lot of birdies. Well, that's a great segue into the 10,000. So let's do it here. Uh, we've got Watson and Scheffler speaking of um, can they do enough with the putter? Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. probably going to be the question um, with them. They're at 10,900. Finau Champ, you brought up 10,700. Horschel Burns, interesting team, 10,500. And then um, there's Kirk, you know, another great week last week, seven at the RBC with Brendan Todd, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs coming in at 10,100. I think of this group here, uh, the team that's probably the most interesting to me is Horschel Burns. You know, I've been big on Burns um, for a while. I I really like his game. I I think he's got the game that's going to last on the PGA Tour. He's clearly still learning some things. Young guy out of LSU. Um, who is going to be excited to play this week, I, I think, you know, coming yeah. back here to, to Louisiana. Um, I think he showed some more signs after three missed cuts uh, at the RBC. He finished 39th. But, you know, Burns is a – he's long off the tee. He's a very good iron player, and he's usually a good putter. The putter has let him down yeah. as of late. But I think some home cooking here could be right what he wants. We know Horschel's playing good golf. We know he likes yeah. this golf course. To me, I look at these four. Those are the two. That team stands out to me at 10,500. What do you say? Yeah, I think they're going to to probably be the most popular team this week. And with good reason. You mentioned yeah. Horschel not only has the team victory, but has an individual victory here. Um, Burns has sort of the narratives of coming back down to Louisiana. And maybe this gets his breakthrough at this event. But you know, it's it, when when actually, you know, I built some lineups earlier today and it's if you're going to take one of those teams at the top, right, mm-hmm. one of the 11K teams, it's a little bit hard to kind of fit them in without going with two teams really low, you know, to mm-hmm. have one team at 10,500 and then you do Rama Palmer at 11.5. You don't leave yourself much room. I'm kind of looking a little bit. You know, I like Chris Kirk and Brendan Todd. I know you're a big Kirk guy. He rated out number two in the in the sort of, you know, I don't know how much it's worth, but the statistical model I, I went sure. with this week. And then, you know, they, college roommates, right? They played all <laughs> yeah. four years together at UGA. They won a national championship together. I know that Brendan Todd and, and hearing Chris Kirk talk about it was kind of instrumental in, in helping him get through some of his personal struggles because they are really good friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of touched on this earlier, but I think these two guys have – have kind of maybe had this event circled for, for a few months and been like, Hey, let's go out there. I can't wait to play with you. Like we play all our practice rounds together. Let's go get it. They're both in decent mm-hmm. form. You know, Todd's not playing great, but he's making a lot of cuts, right? He's 10 out of 11 cuts made. He seems like the type of guy who, who maybe this type of environment sort of frees him up to make some pots back on Bermuda grass where he's familiar. I just liked a little bit of discount there on that team at the bottom of the tens. Yeah, we're 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 tracking the same way here. I, you know, you go back up to Watson Scheffler. Um, you know, I mean, Bubba was twenty six at the Masters. Scheffler was eighteenth. Um, you know, I think they're both they've both got good length off the tee. 
I think similar, perhaps, skill set. I just, that's a weird team to me. I just kind of I thought the same thing. I'm having a hard time. How did it come about? I don't know. You know, who asked who in that scenario? I don't know. I'm having a hard time wrapping my arms around that one. I really am. And then Finau Champ, it's to me, it's kind of it's a similar story. I mean, let's see, with Finau, I can't even read my right hand. He was 10th at the Masters. Uh, 26 for Champ, who had a good tournament and really hasn't done much leading up to that. Um, but again, it's like 10,700. Can they do enough with the putter? You know, I mean, for those two, I do think Finau is a better putter than he has been and that he gets credit for and is a world-class player. You know, you could certainly talk me more into Finau Champ, I think, over Watson Scheffler. But in the matchup here, you know, I'll, I'll give you... I'll give you the Gator. I'll give you the SEC squad here, but it's not the Georgia Bulldogs. I'll give you uh, the Florida Gator, Billy Horschel, and the LSU Tiger, Sam. I'm, I'm such a sucker for Sam Burns. It's crazy. I mean, <laughs> Burns and Kirk, everybody's like, that's all we hear from you is Burns and Kirk. I'm like, no, it's not true, but I'm, I am back on Burns this week. Okay, I'm glad you left them hanging for me. I'm going to take them Bulldogs and run right. with it, baby. I'll take Kirk and uh, Todd. I really like that pick this All week. All right, that's uh, fair enough. Let's move on here. Nine thousands. Yeah, because you're going to, you know, I think you make a good point. I I think in the lineups, I probably will come off of the 11,000s and and then go, you know, into Horschel, Burns, Kirk, and Todd and then and really start from there mm-hmm. um, with most of my lineups. I'll certainly throw you know, a couple in there with the lead of um, Rom and Palmer and perhaps Smith and Leishman. But I think the majority will be starting in that mid 10 range. And then as we get into the nines, we've got Gooch and uh, Homa, who I think is an interesting team. Both of these guys have shown some good signs here this year. 9,900 Hovland Ventura, Oklahoma state, big 12 represented 9,700 Brandon Grace, Harold Varner. I think, Deserve some eyeballs at 96. Rose loves his place with Stents at 95. Louis and Charles, 94. Keegan, Brendan Steele, interesting, 9,300. And then perhaps the most interesting to me, Peters and Lewis at 92. My boy, Sung Jaim with Ben on at 91. And then Joel Damon with Lanto Griffin at 9,000. So, any of these teams, you look at this list, you're like, yeah, I'll pass on one or two that you just kind of put an X through. Uh, so in terms of putting an X through one, I would probably, I would probably pass on. It's tough here. Probably Rose Stenson. I think okay. if I had to cross one out, I just think Justin Rose, you know, we saw he played so well at the masters, but it just kind of felt like he had a really hot stretch of 11 holes there and was kind of mm-hmm. hanging on for dear life, so to speak. Stenson's just been out of whack, man. He's <laughs> yeah. he's fallen off the face of the earth with his game. So I know that they've played this event a couple times before together, before Stenson had the injury in the earlier years. I know that Rose is a former champ, but yeah, they give me those sort of most pause for for concern here. Okay. You know, I yeah, I you know, Rose is he certainly he, he's a former champion here. He's he's played this golf course ex- extremely well. I think he's back to where he needs to be with, with Foley. Um, okay. And I think Rose made some really out of characteristic decisions, at least from my standpoint, from an instruction side, that being more of my trade. And I think he's kind of back to where he needs to be. And I, and like, okay, now Justin Rose is starting to kind of show us the same things, but I do agree. I mean, how much is Stenson going to it, it carry you that 9,500? It feels like there's other options. 
um, at that price. I, I think, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, I, I keep kind of my eyes keep going back to Gooch and Homa. I know they're a little pricey at mm-hmm. 99, um, but I do find them quite interesting. Gooch has has played pretty well. Um, we know Homa yes. played well early in the season, although these missed cuts at the players and the masters, I think kind of leads into the Max Homa brand, which is he's a good player, but in the big events, the majors, there's still that learning curve to be had. But I think in this kind of field and format with Taylor Gooch at 99, a little spendy, but I'm going to come down here. I like Peters and Lewis. I, I really do. I think, I think Thomas Peters is a real Big time player. We don't see him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps a little underachieved in the way of wins, but he's got that long game. You know, he's he, he can play the long ball, solid iron player. And with Tom Lewis at 92, I, I see some value there. Am I wrong? No. And another thing that we didn't really touch on, but is interesting for a lot of these guys coming up in the next couple of ranges is you know, it's kind of like an offshoot event, but there are big time career implications for these oh, guys. Sure. Should they get a victory, especially to predominantly Euro guys like this, you know, you get your card locked up for two years, you get into the players, you get into the tournament of champions, you get into the PGA championship, you get all the FedEx cup points that come with a normal event plus a million dollar payday for each guy. So I think that there's a ton of incentive for a team like that yeah. um, to come over here and, and play well especially sort of leading into the next swing. I kind of like, you know, I like the one right above them in in Keegan and Brendan Steele. I know that they're good buddies as well. They travel a lot together. They play a lot of practice rounds together. Keegan is striking the hell out of the ball right now. And and he's just, his irons are in, he's got 13 of the 14 clubs in the bag dialed in. Mm -hmm. He just can't putt. And maybe an event like this, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're more into the mental and instruction side, but does something like this maybe free him up a little bit putting where, where, okay. So, so steals in for, for par or something like this, you can kind of really just go at and just try to make birdies. And, And does the format you think maybe, mentally uh free him up on the greens to to be a little less stressed and anxious over the ball i, I think it 100 percent does uh, especially in on the thursday saturday I, i'm totally with you i've already I, I will have a win ticket on uh, keegan bradley and brendan still i think they are a bit of a sleeper here in the 9300 range you mentioned keegan's putter he's slowly kind of piecing some things together there there's some life here okay um, with the putter and I'm very optimistic about it. We know he's a world-class ball striker. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, I mean, he will ball strike your face off. I mean, he is such a good iron player, gets the driver going, this little two-yard fade. But you look at him statistically, 10th at Arnold Palmer. I mean, he was positive 1.4 putting, 29th at the okay. players, positive 2.3 putting, 23rd at Valero, positive one putting. I mean, <laughs> this is a guy that's negative five, negative six. Negative seven yeah. strokes gained putting. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's there's a regular some real thing. growth here happening in three of the last four tournaments. So you put that with Brendan Steele, who we know can go, and we know is a very good putter. I, this team makes a lot of sense for me, and I'm with you, man. 9,300, Peters and Lewis, 92, playing for a lot. My eyes are really drawn to those two. I think... Ben On's just not doing enough for me. And Sunjay M is just, I mean, you just don't know what, what you're going to get with them. 
Um, I've right. just decided that I'm not playing Sanjay anymore because I will not get on the right side of him anymore. He's um, so perplexing to me oh. right now because if you look kind of in going back, you know, I looked at the last 36 rounds, he's number one in the field off the tee. But in, in if you look at opportunities gained, which is a stat I think Fantasy National has, yeah. which basically looks at, you know, are you giving yourself chances to make birdies? 109th. So how do you go in the same time frame where you're, you're the number one guy off the tee box, but you're 109 and giving yourself looks at Eagle and birdie, you know, good opportunities. So it, it's just strange because you think of him as such a, mm-hmm. a ball striking phenom a year ago, and it's just fallen off to the point where I don't think I can play him right now either. I, I totally agree. He did hit his irons better last week um, at RBC 13th. His putter has been fantastic. Yeah. And you're right. He's a wonderful driver of the ball, but he's really, his approach game has struggled. I mean, that's been, mm-hmm. you know, that's been a, a real issue for him. And I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around that team. I'll pass on Joel Damon and Lanto Griffin. Although I love the progression of, of Lanto, of course, Damon had the win. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I think I'll pay up a couple hundred for the two teams that we mentioned. I think Louie and Charles, I, I think they deserve a little bit of respect here. Louie, 26 at the Masters. Uh, Charles was also 26 at the Masters. Hmm. And, you know, I think, I mean, these two guys know each other. Um, yeah. And, you know, who knows? You know, maybe they're a little inspired by what they saw by Stuart Sink, the veteran <laughs> yeah, right. going out there and getting it done. But I just I, I agree with you those two. What about Hovland? I mean, who are you going to take here? If if you had if we had a um, someone ask you the question of all right, well, what about these top two guys, Gooch Homa versus Hovland Ventura? Either one of those teams jump at it. Yeah, and we'll even throw Grace and Varner in there at ninety six. Give me one of those three that you like the most. I would take Homa and Gooch. Okay. Um, I think that you know Gooch is playing sneakily very well lately. While he hasn't played a lot of tournaments, he's playing pretty well. Max Homa is probably um maybe on the tail end of it but was in the midst of probably the better best stretch of his career mm-hmm. um i think the confidence is there i know they're good friends as well he mentioned i think post round when he won at riviera that um being able to play that final round with taylor he said this in the interview he's like me getting to play with taylor really calmed me down and and elevated mm-hmm. my game so he played in that final group with taylor gooch which you know, I think he credited in terms of giving him, you know, putting him in the right mental space to close that thing out, even though he made it a little, a little sketchy down the stretch. But that would be my pick. I, if I were going to pick one of those three, I'd pay up the extra couple bucks for Homa Gooch. Yeah, they're they're at thirty-two to one right now on a win ticket. Um, you've got Grayson Varner, who I mentioned. Varner second at the RBC last week. Brendan yeah. Grace has played pretty well, also thirty-five mm-hmm. to one is where they are. This is coming off the DraftKings sports book and some other ones here as we kind of work through these not this 9,000 range 10,000 we've talked about Brendan Kirk or Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk at 25 to 1 Uwe, Louie and Charlotte 28 to 1 getting some respect um, yes certainly compared to the DraftKings price yeah the betting odds are definitely giving them some more respect there and then Hovland Ventura at 45 to 1 the thing with those two uh man you know this is this could be their event i mean they both struggle with short game you know yeah. that's kind of their deal so we know hovland can go ventura is certainly not the player victor is and uh so you know there's peters and lewis at 50 to 1 you could probably talk me into that i mean i, I might have to i might have to 
I might have to venture into that one as well as you make some good points there about them coming over from Europe here mm -hmm. uh, and a lot at stake because it is full two-year exemption for both players and just over a million for both yeah. players um, if they win. All right, I'll give you... I'll give you Peters and Lewis. That's that's those are the two that I'm taking. Um, I've cool. stated my case. Are you going with Keegan and Steele, or are you going? Yeah, with I'm going to go. I stated my case as well. I rested <laughs> on Keegan and Brendan Steele, so I'm hoping for the hoping the putters heat up at least for one of them. At least for one. Of them. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on here, all the way cool. down now into the eight thousands. Oh gosh, there's Strillman and Fratelli at eighty nine hundred. Lucas Gover playing some good golf with Reavy at 88. There's Brown and Kisner. They know a thing or two about this event at uh, 87. McDowell Wallace, 86. Wallace playing some nice golf right now. Alex yeah. Norin and Norlander, who has just fallen off the face of the earth at 8,500. Hoffman Watney, 84. Interesting. Coke Rack Perez, 8,300. Van Roy and Wyndham Clark, interesting, 8,200. Uh, Gim Sue, 81. Castro Tringali, who's done well here at 8,000. Cross one off for me or two. The two that you're like, eh. No, I'm so I, I would cross, for me, if I had to cross them off, it'd be Clark Van Ruin, just because not much that I really put together there was really uh, adding up for me. And then Norin and Norlander. Um, like yeah. you said, Norlander's form has just really kind of cratered lately. And Alex Norin has just struggled to, to get back to where he was at what was it two three years ago where he was a top 15 player you know it was coming with a lot of euro euro numbers in there but he yeah. was one of the top players in the world and and one of the top europeans so he really just failed to kind of get that win at tory pines a couple of years ago and i know he's dealt i think with some injuries but those two for me are just kind of ones that i i crossed off you know going down the list here can you cross off Brown and Kisner because they're just playing such bad golf? I mean, both these guys had more form coming in in the past. Yes. Kisner is not playing well. I mean, I think we're three straight missed cuts. He's not hitting the ball good. He's giving up way too much length to be short, to be crooked. You can't be short and crooked out there. We know he can putt. <laughs> That's a good point. And Brown, um, you know, kind of a similar story, not playing good. I mean, can we just put an X through him because they have no form at all? I'm going to take them, actually. Okay. I'm going to kind of go <laughs> contrarian here and take them. I actually okay. bet them uh, 55 to 1 Love earlier it. today. So they're one of one of only four teams in the field who've, who've every year that they've had the team event have, have played this together. Um, they obviously lost in a playoff in the first year. So a second there, a fifth last year, a 15th in between the two of them. So, you know, I think this type of event may be just what the doctor ordered for a guy like Kisner. So kind of get back to the team format, put a little bit of the, the bulldog attitude back in him and stop thinking so much about maybe the mechanics of his putting and just get out there with Scott Brown, who they know they play together out of Palmetto there all the time. So um, just get together with a buddy, go out to a place where you've had a ton of success, should feel very comfortable. And, and I'm going to play him. Yeah, I mean they've 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 had the most success right at this tournament yeah. for sure, uh, the two of them. So yeah, perhaps that's what they need. Just some, just uh, get back together. The band's back together and just <laughs> play the tune. Subconscious, give me the ball. Off we go. Yeah. Um, you know, there's two teams that have that. Oh, man, you know, it's that kind of the crutch. <laughs> you know, there yeah. there's two guys playing absolutely terrific consistent golf matt walls uh, being one of them yeah um, and then he's with mcdowell 
you know, I know. Can Graham McDowell muster up enough here with with Matthew Walls? And then the other team, Charlie Hoffman, who's on fire. I know. Beautiful golf. Um, had his coach on the podcast two weeks or three weeks ago. He, you could see this coming. Longer off the tee. Approach game's better. He's putting better. Like, going, everything's going this way. Not surprising to see him playing exceptionally well. But then he's with Nick Watney. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. who's missed? Yeah. 13 straight cuts. Oh God, is that real? Yeah. Oh, jeez. 13 straight cuts. I mean, can I mean, can he can they like muster? Hey guys, like maybe a quick lesson on the tee before they go out and let's take a look at that putting real quick. Couple tips off we go. I mean, could you take one of those or both? I would say I, I just think in and you met you make great points. Both Wallace and Hoffman are in incredible form. Hoffman rated out extremely well on my model. You know, him. I think he's playing with Watney in the same situation that I mentioned with Kisner Brown. He's one of those other one of four teams who they've played together every year together. Watney obviously uh, is in probably the slump of his career right now. As you said, 13 straight cuts is no joke. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Charlie can kind of inspire him on the range, give him a tip or two this week. But, you know, at 8,400, I could see myself just taking the upside in. You know, Charlie's making a ton of birdies. Yeah. So if he can go out there and make six, seven birdies, maybe they only need two or three out of Nick Watney. And in and, and his, you know, a lot of this, Travis, and you know this, in the best ball, there's a, there's an element of luck here in that if you both make birdie on the same hole, what good is it? Yeah. But if Hoffman birdies here and Watney doubles, but then Watney can follow up the next hole with a right. birdie, you know, that's so much, it, it just, so you have to kind of, things have to kind of, work in your favor and everything has to align correctly um so if i had to pick between those two you know i think i lean i lean hoffman and and watney there yeah i i think you're right and i think hoffman's been more impressive than wallace uh i think kokrak's been very impressive playing good golf Mm -hmm. Uh, i think perez can rally i think he's the kind of guy that can um get it together as far as the ups as far as the top side here 8900 streaming and fertility that feels a little spendy for me yeah, um, and same. Glover and Reavy at 8,800, that feels a little spendy for me. So I, I think I'll pass on those. I'll probably even pass on Kisner Brown. I think it's, I know they've had good success here. Um, I'm just a little, a little concerned with Kisner right now. Um, but I, I think for me, you know, gosh, my eyes kind of tend to come over here. Uh, I kind of like this Tringali Castro, because I know I can't, you know, I know, I know I can't, you know, maybe save three, 400 here, come over here and Trinkali has been playing great golf. I think yeah. uh, Castro, I think can do enough as, as a veteran here. He's actually, but recall has played okay here at, at this facility. So at 8,000, I could be talked into them and Gim showed signs on Sunday, but man, his putter, goodness gracious, that dude runs chilly with the putter. <laughs> I mean, when it goes, I mean, it goes. Justin Sook be interesting player. You know, he's done some opposite fields events. Um, yeah. The Gim Sook kind of feels like they could be, a, they could, they could get hot. You know, like that's the team to me that feels like they've got a, that live wire in there where they could just start rattling off some birdies, a little volatile, you know, kind of ham and egg it kind of thing. That's the team at 81 and Tringali and Castro at 8,000. You know, I don't have a lot of money to spend here, as you mentioned, if, I, if I'm a little top-heavy up there. So you could kind of talk me into kind of going down to those two. 
but in the middle range there, I think I agree. I think the Hoffman Watney at 84 is probably the better play. All right. So let's go. I'll give you, I'm giving you Gimmins. Okay. I'm going to take, uh, I'll take my guys, Brown and Kisner. I'll go yeah. with the old trusty uh, horses for the courses this week and hope that they could pull together a little bit of form and, and, and rally. Hey, these young pups got to step up here. Forty-seven. I like year that old. play. That's a fun team. The the Gim and Sue is a is yeah. a fun team. Like it, I, it I, is. I can I'll see have them, them getting hot. You know, yeah. Just, same. I think, and I think you make a good point about these putters, like Keegan. You know, where you know when we say someone struggles putting on the PGA Tour, it's relatively speaking to <laughs> yeah. other PGA Tour yeah. players. <laughs> They're taking my money left and right. Oh yeah. Um, but Gim is a streaky putter. I mean, he is a streaky, streaky putter. And when it goes cold, it is like cold. He might as well just take the five iron out. Um, <laughs> and I, I do think Justin's an interesting player. I, 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 I like them. It'll be fun to watch that team. And Brown and Kisner, these young pups, man. 47-year-old Stuart Singh goes out there and beats their ass. Like, they got to – it's time to, you know, get the juices going here a little bit and step up. All right, 76. Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 26-to-1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win during this weekend. UFC 261 title fight. And DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win. And if they walk out with the belt, you will win cash $130. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TRAVIS when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 if the title contender of your choice wins. Place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code TRAVIS to turn $5 into $130 if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. For 7,000s now. Okay. Um, we're going to go, we're going to give you two picks each in the sevens, and then we're going to give you two picks each in the sixes. Lots to think about here. Is there a team in the sevens that perhaps jumps out at you? Yeah, there's one that really jumps out to me. I think it's going to jump out to a lot of people, uh, and it's Matt Neesmith in, in Chase Seifert at 7,500. Okay. It's probably going to be a, a regular in most of my lineups this week. Um, Seifert's just been playing really well. He seems to have found a little bit of a comfort mm-hmm. zone on on Pete Dye courses, particularly he played really well at the Amex. Um, third at the Honda, which I know isn't Pete Dye, but you know it's a lot of water, shorter Bermuda grass course. You may be able to comp a little bit to TPC. Uh, played well at the Valero, decent finish at the at the Heritage last week. So I think he comes in with just enough, 
And Matt Neesmith is another guy who's who's just striking the hell out of the ball. He's he's one of the top approach guys in the field this week. I think his greens and regulation number is, you know, his his divot repair tool is getting a workout lately because he's fixing a lot of ball marks on the greens. He's hitting <laughs> he's hitting everything. It's off the charts. Um, and I think that he's just going to give them a lot of a lot of opportunities. I like the upside of this team a lot this week. I think they're too cheap. Yeah, I think Neesmith's one of the more underrated ball strikers on tour and it's, you know, it comes down to his putter always. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it showed a little bit of sign made the cut last week. And um, so, yeah, that's a, and Seifert, you're right. I'm with you there. I, I'll probably let me surprise you here a little bit. 7,800. I like Brian Stewart here a lot. And uh, I'm going to put Russell Knox in there. I've, I know Russell, he lives here in Ponte Vedra. I've seen him, around not his best form right now and it's just that darn putter you know i mm -hmm. think he does enough off the tee i think he's doing enough approach game um but he's he needs to find some form with that putter and we and, and it happens you know and, and it shows yeah. up and then it it's there for two or three weeks stewart won the uh stroke play here when it was a singles tournament back in 2016 18th at the rbc last week thought he played well so all right russell Let's wake up the putter just a little bit. And I think this could be a, a good team at 7,800. Who else you got? Okay. So right below uh, both those teams, actually, I'm going to do a little party, Marty Laird and Nick Taylor, the <laughs> desert Fox and the Canadian. Yes. Uh, listen, they've got back-to-back -to -back top 10s together uh, at this event. I feel like they have a good complementary skill sets. They're both going to hit a lot of fairways and they're not going to hit many in the water out there. I know there's a good bit of swamp, you know, surrounding some of these holes. And I just think that uh, I just like them them playing together. I think they've got a good complementary skill set. You know, they had a 74, I think I looked up in the alt shot last year, which killed them. You know, obviously when Rahm and Palmer go alt shot 65, they're making up a ton of strokes on the field. But in the in the best ball days, they had two of the better rounds that there were like last year's events. So um, I think that they enjoy this format. I think that they enjoy playing together. They've had a little bit of success and I like the price. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one there. I, I like that one as well. Um, that was another one of my picks. I think those three are good. I'll give you one that makes no sense whatsoever. There's always that one right in this. Like it just doesn't make any sense. You're just like, wait, what, what just happened? Like Blicks. And Cam Smith at the time didn't <laughs> yeah. make a lot of sense, did no. it? No sense, no. I mean, when they won, <laughs> it was just like, what the hell is going on, right? So here's that. Here's this year's team. You ready? Yeah. It's Michael Thompson and Will Gordon. Okay. I mean, this is how did You're this right. team? How did this team come about? Is what I want to know. It's an, um, interesting, it's an interesting team. Another one that like I found was really crazy where you have to ask yourself, like, how did this team come about is, is Scott Piercy and Batia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I feel like yeah. they could go out there and make a ton of birdies because Batia makes a lot of birdies and maybe they just, they catch the right, you know, things yeah. align right where they're making birdies on opposite holes. But there's, like you said with Thompson, there's a couple of teams with, that are, that are very interesting this week, but like you said, we, this format lends itself to a little bit of these long shots, kind of quirkier picks. So uh, it's fun, definitely in this range. You think like Blix and Cam, both of those guys, Jonas, um, who I know very well here, in, when he was having his run, his driver was always the issue. 
I mean, one of the best putters I think I've ever watched putt in, in person. Mm. I mean, just a wow. brilliant putter. Wonderful around the greens, decent iron player. And we know Cam has now matured into a very top shelf player. Um, yeah. You know, still kind of can get a little weird off the tee from time to yes. time. But, you know, you look at that team and you're like, wow, they both kind of struggle driving. They're both probably at the time like, okay, iron players and, and can both roll it. Like they're just great putters. And I look at like Will Gordon, he's long. Yeah. You know, he's going to chew you up a little bit off the tee. And like Michael Thompson, he's a great putter, right? <laughs> and they're both okay. Strokes gain approach. I mean, not ideal, right? So yeah. does, it's like, doesn't make a ton of sense. There's your team this year, Michael Thompson and uh, and Will Gordon. Got anybody else there that uh, jumps yeah, out at you? you know in what? The- I kind of wanted to ask you about one guy and he's, he's, I'm very bullish. I got a close uh, spot in my heart for this guy and he's struggling right now. He's up there in your Ponte Vedra area. Um, but he's teamed with Sam Ryder, who's playing really well right now, third at the Honda. But he, what's going on with Doc? Like, do you have any insight there that can help? Like, I, I felt like it was turning around, and, yeah. I, and I made a play on him at the Heritage, and then he shot like 84. You know, so I don't. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure really what happened there um, with Doc and missing the cut at Darby C. Um, and then he missed a cut at the Players. Mm-hmm. You know, it just hasn't been good at all. To your point, you got to go all the yeah. way back to the end of last year where he was finishing fourth at Bermuda, third at Safeway. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is, he's a player who obviously is a wonderful ball striker, but something, you know, I think in the T game is clearly off the T has now kind of bled into strokes gain approach, which is now starting to bleed into the other parts of the game, which you see from time to time. I think with doc, mm-hmm. it's probably happening the other way where, he relies on his ball striking and all of a sudden one of those have come loose. And now it's kind of, there's a trickle down, right? Where you saw with Spieth, it was his putter. And then there was a trickle down into the ball striking. And I think we're probably seeing it with doc now a little bit. So hopefully he can, he can put an end because strokes gain off the tee in the negative, the last four or five weeks and the same in strokes gain approach. He's not going to get yeah. it done it, with doc rim. And that's, that doesn't add up, you know, from that standpoint. So, and then the approach or around the green, he lost five, you know, so man, that's, that's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got some repair work to do there. Not sure. I'm not sure what happened, um, to that game, but, uh, we need to get doc Revan back hitting the ball. Good again. All right. Six thousands. My goodness. You could probably talk to me in just about anything here. Um, <laughs> it's a little ugly. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little ugly down here. So hold on before we get there. All right. So I'm going to okay. pull up. Oh, shoot. I think, um, hold on one second here. Yeah. So I pulled up, put that model in there from, you know, I just adjusted it from last week that worked really well. A little more on the, uh, on the driving um, this week. And I'm going to plug that in and we're going to go last and I got Fantasy National here as well. I know you use that. It's a wonderful tool. Yeah. Um, last 24 rounds coming in. And we're going to look at the 6,000s here. And based off of this model here, who's playing some of the best golf, right? And the first name, here's some names. I'll just rattle them off here. Roger Sloan hmm. pops yeah. up there. 
Andrew Putnam, Bo Hogue, KH Lee, Bryce Garnett, Harry Higgs, seen him pop up there. Mm -hmm. Mark Hubbard, no surprise. Peter Malinati, we've seen him, although he's kind of fizzled out a little bit. Andres Romero. Is Romero playing in this? Uh, who's he partnered with? I don't know. I see him I, here. I don't see him. So these names are just coming from just a simple model, weighing it out, strokes mm-hmm. gain approach, strokes gain putting way up there. Um, I, I put some opportunities gained in there, which you which you reference par four yep. scoring. Um, par threes, 200 to 225 yards. You got big par threes here at this golf course. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, weighing that out on the way down. And those are the names coming in last 24 rounds that are, according to Fantasy National, playing the best golf. Any of those jump out to you that would make it on one of your teams? Yeah, so you mentioned one. Actually, I do see Romero here. He's teamed up with Vegas. Um, so that's really? an interesting team. But um, one guy that you mentioned, and you actually mentioned as well, the reason that kind of put me on him is those those longer par threes. You know, over 200-yard par threes seem to they're, – they're tough. And a lot of these guys who play them really well can tend to gain a lot of strokes on the field if they play them well. The number one guy that I had, and I, I usually go a little bit longer back to 36 rounds, was Bryce Garnett. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's playing great, you know – fairways greens he's putting well he does all these things which can you know i know scott stallings isn't coming in in great form and if he was you know there's a reason all these guys are in the six k's right everything's not going to be not going to be roses down here so stallings isn't playing great but he does have a lot of familiarity both at this course and in the team event at this course has played it all three years so um, that's one team that i kind of have circled here that that i'm going to go down to uh you know at 6800 there is it just me or is Vaughn Taylor's name showing up a lot as of late? Yes. And I and I love the Hoge card as well. I feel yeah. like this that's a very interesting play. He's a guy that you're not going to see much in, on Fantasy National about just because most of all his stuff is European tour stats and he's not going to pop off these models too much. But no. he makes a, the kid makes a lot of birdies. A ton of birdies. Yeah, I, I really like that team. Uh, yeah. I like Hogarth and, and Taylor and, and and notice how I just rattled off all these names, top 24 coming in and neither one of those names were on that list. That's how we do it here, folks uh, yeah. on the matchup. But I, I, yeah, that's, that, that that's my favorite team in the sixes. Uh, I, I'm with you on Hogarth. I think he could come in and, and fall out of bed and make five or six birdies pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And Von Taylor, look, he, his name pops up, you know, it, it, there he is 65, you know, Oh man, Von Taylor. Beautiful swing, yeah. kind of plays Beautiful. his game, keeps it in front of him, plots his way around, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, um, doesn't make a lot of big numbers. I, I think uh, that could be an interesting team. What else? Uh, just a pure, I think, upside play here and hoping that they they catch the right uh, circumstances with birdies is Malnati and Baker. Um, Baker, just they're both just very volatile players in that they seem to have one really low round followed by one really high one. So I'm just kind of hoping to marry those two together and it'd be the right setup for them. But they're all the way down at 6,200. So if you're going to, you know, if you need someone with upside that you think can make a lot of birdies to pair with with Rahm and Palmer up at the top, I think that they make a lot of sense down there at 6,200. Yeah, I had them... um... I had them circled as well. That's a, I think that's an interesting one. Now, Andrew Landry went to LSU hmm. as well. 
Yeah, so Landry's an LSU kid coming back, has some a lot of familiarity with this golf course, with Austin Cook, who showed some signs. Okay. I, I could I could let my eyes go there at 66. I'll definitely um, play some of, of that as well. And I'm looking who Roger Sloan, so he's with Badley. Interesting. Hmm. So Sloan, one of the top-rated play players, last 24 rounds, according to this model, coming in. With Badley, we know he can putt. 6,500. Uh, I could probably be talked into that as well. So there's five. Any, any, anyone else that uh, you could throw you out know, there? You had mentioned Andrew Putnam. Uh, seems yeah. to pop in a lot of the statistical things. Great putter. Um, you know, we saw him. I think he top five at the players. Kind of a little bit out of nowhere. But him in, in Scott Harrington. And the two things that really stick out to me about their play and I think Putnam's the number one guy in the field this week is their ability just to scramble. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think when you get into an alt shot format that can come into play because um, just, you know, you're not playing your own tee shot. If one guy's a little wayward, um, just the ability to get that up and around the green and be able to make pars. And you just, it's just the type of format where bogeys are going to kill you. Um, You've got to go probably 20 to to even 28 under par or something like that to win this thing. So you can't make bogeys. You got to be able to scramble when you're in a little bit of trouble out there. Um, and there's a, there's a good bit of it as you know, you've played it. There's yeah. a good bit of it lurking out there. Oh yeah, for sure. There there's trouble there. You've got a lot of water um, mm-hmm. and you, you've got a lot of sand and you know, I, I think it, it can play. I don't know how soft it's going to be. I think that'll yeah. be interesting. I think that'll be a, a key question as we get closer to the weekend. If it does play softer, then you certainly are going to have much more of an advantage here with the distance off of the tee than we saw last week, which a lot of the the plays was just about positioning and it's forcing your hand to hit irons and three woods off the tee, which we saw Stuart Sink do, who's put on more distance yeah. <laughs> and be able to kind of manage himself around with the fairway wood. So another Pete Dye design. My goodness, there's a lot to consider. We touched a lot of names and a lot of teams. We hopefully, hopefully that's going to help out your um, your fantasy lineups. Put them together. You still have times as they'll tee off on Thursday morning. Hey, great job. Hopefully, uh, hope I didn't take up too much of your time there. I know you just you just kind of redid everything there. It looks great. Absolutely. A ton of fun. I appreciate you letting me hop on with you and talk to some of your uh, your viewers and listeners. And um, best of luck this week with DraftKings. It should be an interesting and fun week. And, and like I said earlier, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. All right, Joe Idoni, go check him out at Tour Picks. He has a couple other shows that he does as well. He'll, you'll see him there on his site. This has been the matchup. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.